Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. My name is Mike Anderson, and I am not going to be the host of today's segment. We're going to switch things up a little bit here. Uh, We have Tim Free, which is my counterpart on the social media side of things for sports. He's going to be the one asking questions. Some were from a recent Facebook and Instagram story, and other ones are just going to be hunting stories, fishing stories, tips, things we learned at Shields. Who knows? We're going to find out. (laughs) So here we go. Tim, you want to introduce yourself and uh, get this thing kicked off? For sure. Hello, everybody. Like Mike said, my name is Tim. I uh, work on the, the sports side of things, so your the Shields Sports account and the Shields Sports uh, Facebook account, the counterpart to the outdoors pages. Uh, I've been at Shields a little over a year now, so it's been fun getting to learn learn the space and getting to know Mike and the outdoors space. So I'm not as avid as an outdoorsman as Mike is, so it's definitely fun talking mm-hmm. about fishing and hunting and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, We'll kind of get right into it and get to know your host of the outdoor space. So I have some questions here, and hopefully we'll hear some good stories from some of Mike's experiences. So uh, I'll start out um, and ask you how you developed your passion for the outdoors. Okay. I mean, my my passion for the outdoors started super early. It was... Uh, it started with fishing, for sure. Uh, we'd, we'd head to my grandparents' place. They lived on... A, on a river in northern Minnesota is a Clearwater River. It is uh, full of suckers. So okay. I'd, uh, you know, I'd go out every time I'd, I'd see my grandpa, give him a hug, and, you know, the first thing I'd ask is, can we go fishing? And he'd always be like, well, we better dig up some worms first. So Classic. We'd, we'd head to the garden, and we'd dig up some worms and, and do some sucker fishing. So that was, you know, that was great memories. And then from there, I'd go, I'd go with my parents a lot. We spent a lot of time in a boat on, uh, on Lake of the Woods, okay. walleye fishing. So did a, did a ton of walleye fishing early, you know, like just your standard pulling, pulling spinners and crawlers and leeches up there and, and just really developed the, the fishing passion from there. But, um, you know, moving into the hunting side of things, you, you know, you can't, can't really hunt until you're 10 and then so I'd I'd watch my dad go go out and do deer season and then my cousins were a little older than me and I just you know had that itch and um and deer season finally came and like I got hunter safety was old enough and and got into the rifle side of things shot a shot a dome my first time and then a little four-point buck and a few years into that my uncle got me this bow it was it was definitely older than me but, yeah. um, you know, it was, it was good starter rig. I went out there and, and like one of the first times I went out, I was headed to the stand trying to, you know, I heard you can't, you know, do your steps in a row, you know, you have to kind of switch things up. So then deer don't know what's a person walking out there and, and maybe grunt a little bit. So I had no idea what I was doing and got out there and I got like, halfway to my stand and I hear this rustling through the woods and then all of a sudden I see a buck coming at me and I'm like oh my gosh is this really happening right right now you know so then so then here I am just shaking like a leaf and in this 
this buck comes by, he's probably like, oh, a six-pointer or something like that. And he goes, and he just like read the script. You know, he went and he got to like 20 yards and he stopped. And then he turned his head away. It's like, this is fade. Here we go. Right. And I pull back and I release that arrow. And he went, it went like three feet over his head. It was just like, <laughs> I have no idea where that arrow went. Yeah. It was just a complete epic failure. But from there, I was just like, absolutely hooked. Kept it coming back. 100%. Now we're, we both grew up in Minnesota, so outdoors has always been, you know, whether you're fishing or hunting, especially for fishing in Minnesota. So when you were growing up, I know you said that, you know, with hunting, you didn't get out there. Um, you couldn't hunt as early of an age as fishing, but when you think back, did you have a favorite when you were growing up or, or you know, when you went out fishing or hunting, did you lean towards one more than the other? You know, I, I definitely leaned more towards fishing right away just because, like, I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the luster of being able to hunt when I, when I got old enough was, was a huge driver. Right. So, like, transitioning into it now, I would say, like, I'm more into the hunting side of things. So, like, yeah. say if, if both seasons are open, like, in the spring, if I want to go catch crappies or go turkey hunting, like, you're going to see me throwing on my camel. Yeah. Know? But, um, you know, they're both – there's just so much great things about each of them in different aspects. And I was learning and, you know, one thing I really enjoy about it too, is like now I have, I have two daughters. I've got one Mm -hmm. that's just coming up. That's a year old and another one that's five and just seeing it through their eyes and and learning. It's just, it's super special. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know we've, you've been doing this, these podcasts for quite a while. I got to talk to some, pretty neat people, a lot of experts around shields. So what have, what are some of the things that you learned from doing these podcasts over the last year or so from some of the experts at shields that kind of opened your eyes and taught you new things about what you can do while you're out there, either in the boat or out in the field? Oh man, you're going to really make me rack <laughs> my brain here. So, um, you know, like I said before, we're coming up on 50 segments now, which has been, it's been a blast. And I have, you know, I've learned so many things, and I hope the listeners have too mm-hmm. with this. Uh, it's just, and for a wide variety of stuff too, right. you know, like um, you can kind of put it into two different things, like the experts from Shields and, um, you know, just personalities and outdoor people and stuff. And right. I've learned, you know, a tremendous amount in basically every episode from people, um, you know, on the expert side of things. I really enjoyed the the grilling stuff, like with Jake Oxner, you know, I've... I don't do a ton of grilling, yeah. you know, but uh, it's like we have a pellet grill. My wife is actually the, the griller of okay. the family. Okay. She spent like 10 years at Applebee's and knows all the ins and outs. There you and go. Like, if you want a medium rare steak, she's going to get you a medium rare steak. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I learned a ton on that one. Um, just shed hunting was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Lot, you know, interesting understanding like how it works in different areas. Right. And, um, yeah, there's just a lot of great ones, you know, and, and for the, you know, for the non-Shields people that we've mm-hmm. done, you know, just tremendous amounts of information. Like the Michael Waddell one was huge, just learning about his philosophies and hearing those stories and stuff like that. Um, another one that I had, you know, learned a ton from is, is the John Hoyer podcast that we did, just his mentality and aspect on fishing, like how he was a 10 10-year guide for muskie angling and took what he learned and 
and understanding fish mentalities and applying right. that to like his walleye tournament stuff like chasing the bait and knowing they're like an apex predator fish yeah uh, and you know like when i'm thinking walleyes too then i'll go back to Jaden and i'll talk about and you know when we talked about rip jigging and and mm-hmm. uh night cranking like that's becoming one of my absolute new favorite tactics super cool i know you you mentioned the the grilling one i think i think so far that's been my favorite and i definitely put that brisket recipe to the test and Uh, how did it go for you amazing it was so good uh i loved brisket before but trying it out was was a great experience so probably put a couple of those others to the test too so Mm -hmm. that's been my favorite when we filmed that grilling one like i made a point to schedule it after lunch because i was like (laughs) if if i do this grilling segment at you know 11 o'clock when my stomach starts you're not gonna be happy i'm not even gonna be able to talk on this podcast like i'm just gonna be i'm gonna be so hungry and be like hey we need to cut this short yeah eat (laughs) put put something on the grill before you start recording it one of those things um other than the the podcast you've been at shields for about two years now yeah right around two years and you know, we talk a lot about Shields experts um, and on the podcast, too, about, you know, how many people there are across across the company. It doesn't matter what store they're in or if they're here in the corporate office that know so much about the outdoor space, whether it's fishing or hunting. So what what have those relationships done for your knowledge and like some of the things? Again, I'll, I'll, it's kind of the same question, like open your eyes or tie you new things, being able to have a relationship with these experts who have been, you know, fishing and hunting for 50, 60 years that maybe have taught you new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that probably the one thing I learned the most about Shields is just the amount of experts and how passionate they are. Right. You know, like you, you'll see the ones on the floor, the ones that have, you know, gone through the university training and are living it every day and like they'll, you know, they'll work there eight hours and then they'll go and then they'll grab a fishing rod or, you know, right. like start looking at Onyx maps and think about their next hunt. Like these guys just live it. It's just, yeah. it's so cool to see. And then, um, you know, the behind the scenes people too, you know, the people that are figuring out what we're going to stock and inventory levels and, and yeah. you know, all that stuff too. Like a lot of those people have been around for 20, 30, 40 years and they, they live and breathe fishing and hunting in the outdoors just as much as, as the people you see on the floor too. And just the amount of knowledge, just, you know, talking with the people after meetings or in casual conversations or, Hey, how'd you, how'd you do fishing this weekend? Just, it's absolutely astonishing. Yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting talking to just different people and hearing their different experiences, even though they're all, you know, you all have a passion for that hunting and fishing, but everyone's experiences is always different. So it's always fun talking and hearing other people's experiences when you can kind of picture it and kind of live through them about mm-hmm. things that you hope to do one day or hope places you hope to go one day. Yeah, for sure. That's the beauty of the outdoors. You know, like every day is a new day and a new experience. Like that fish that you caught that, 28 inch walleye like he's not there in that same exact spot anymore you have right. to figure out a new strategy a new tactic the same with like deer hunting turkey hunting all of that and then you can just 
compile all those experiences together and just in, in continuous learning. Mm-hmm. And it's just what, that's what makes it so fun. And that's what really like fuels my fire, you know? Right. So this, this time of year in, in our area, uh, turkey season's wrapping up and just had the fishing opener. So what, what have you been up to lately and what are some of your successes that you've had either out on the water or, or out in the blinds lately? Okay. Yes, we get to talk about this stuff. So, um, we had a few really exciting things going on. The first is turkey season. So, um, turkey, I, you know, I'm a North Dakota resident Mm -hmm. and, uh, you generally have like a 50% draw rate where I'm at. Yeah. And, um, I did not get drawn this year. So I was like, oh man, that's a bummer. So like, I need to figure out how to get into the turkey woods again. So, um, I started talking with Ben Fleischecker, who is our, our product developer for the Shields Outdoor mm-hmm. side of things. And, um, okay, let's put this turkey plan together. Because he drew a tag and was like, okay, we've got these spots. Like, let's film a how-to turkey series, like start to finish. We're going to start with virtual scouting, like what's going to be in your pack, what you need for a hunt, everything during the hunt, film all that stuff. And uh, that's that's what we put together right. this spring. So it was, it was just a super cool experience. So it's and and we ended up shooting a nice turkey too on on opening morning. So they, uh, you know, we we virtually scouted. You know, found these spots. Went and I went the night before. I went scouting out with my two daughters. Like, um, you know, my wife had something going on, like a, a meeting, and. Uh, so I was like, okay, I have to take care of the kids, but I got to find a turkey you too. Find you know, I got to see what's going on. I got to figure out what they're roosting. So took my five and one-year-old daughters out there, and, uh, and we found turkeys right away. We found a big group of them, and, um, you know, it's like there was just, like, one nice tom there. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, well, I'll go a little further into this property, see if I can find more, and I get to – you know where I thought I was going to set up and I see three big toms like right in front of me I'm like okay I know where they're going I know where like I've hunted this before I'm pretty sure I know what trees they're going to set up in like we got this going in the right. morning so set up in the morning we get we get in the spot we're like halfway set up and they're just gobbling like crazy just fired up so I'm like this is really gonna happen <laughs> and um yeah they uh you know Ben is uh He's a genius on the call. Yeah, like he, he's, when he's, he's killed, an expert, he's definitely an expert. Yeah, he's killed a lot of turkeys. He's got this hashtag like Road to 400. He's been a he's been a turkey guide, and and a lot of turkeys have fallen victim to yeah. his setups, and uh, and I could definitely tell tell why immediately. And and those birds pitched down, and and two of them came up. Two of the I think they actually came from a different spot than what I thought. They were just you know they were more excited than anybody else right. and they were the right. they came right in right to the decoys and it just worked out perfectly so it was nice to be able to uh you know film that experience and talk mm-hmm. about it and like and hopefully help people in the, you know with their future hunts i mean right. that's the main goal of this like we want to help people we want to, we want to uh well obviously we want to provide the equipment for them but we want right. to you know we want everyone to be successful in the field exactly so. exactly we, so we covered a little bit of the spring hunting and touching on uh, fishing. Now that fishing opener, um, specifically walleye, is now open, especially for Minnesota. Um, what are your tactics for early season out on the water when you're trying to find those walleyes? 
Okay. Well, um, I did make it out for Minnesota opener. Like I'm originally from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, you know, spent my childhood fishing those areas and we went to, uh, we went to Red Lake for opener. So, uh, it was nice because I went with my with my brother and my parents, and you know I, I grew up fishing with them, and we haven't done it for like the longest time. Right. So it's it's nice to get back in the boat again. I'm texting my brother every day, like, hey, this is what I'm throwing on. This is that's what I'm throwing on. So the first thing I threw out was this. Oh, it was a five inch paddle tail with a big with a you know a big jig, and that was that was not the correct answer <laughs> that day. You know I did. They weren't in the right mentality for that. Or, you know, maybe my cadence isn't right. You know, that could be I haven't spent a ton of time doing swim baits. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so so going out to Red Lake and we, you know, we get out there and we see this just line of boats. They're like six to eight feet of water. Just it's like a city of them. Yeah. And, um, so like, well, I think we have a good idea where the fish are at. And, um, you know, a lot of success I've had on red is to kind of go against the norm and kind of right. get away from everybody else. So we'd, you know, we drove around to certain areas and, and like utilizing our side scan, mm-hmm. trying to, trying to find them. And, you know, we ended up going and kind of going in the line of boats in that same depth range, but kind of a different area. Right. And uh, that that seemed to be the ticket. So like our first couple of spots really weren't that productive. I was throwing a paddle tail. A lot of the rest of the people were using um, the other people in my family were using live bait and just jigs and stuff. And we'd pick up you know a few here and there. And uh, we got to this last spot where you know driving around really slow with our side scan, we saw this rock pile. So it's like, okay, if anyone's fish Red Lake, it's just a giant bowl with basically like no structure, which makes sense why all these boats were lined up in right. a row like along the whole shore. Right. And so we we see these rocks and it's like, okay, let's let's set down here and let's start trying it. So I was I was using a uh, I was using a rip and wrap. So I just, you know, listening to that John Hoyer po- podcast preaching on like artificial baits and catching them the way you want to right. like i want to catch these fish on artificial baits and you know i failed miserably the first time but you know the second one it's like okay we're in we're in a good productive spot i think right. and uh i was actually using a i was using a new bait casting reel i got i got this uh, abu garcia veritas okay it's like you know i'm gonna try and get into the bass game you know like i've right. had enough podcasts where i want to try bass so I got that, and my brother was testing it out, and he had a huge rat's nest in there and messing around with it. Yeah. Drag was all messed up, and I didn't think to change it. So first first cast, I throw out that rip and wrap, and, like, my second rip, I just got smacked. And I was like, yes! So, but I set the hook, and then there was, like, no drag. Nothing. And I was, like, so excited. I didn't think to put my thumb on the spool and give it a jerk again. Right. And it got off. I'm like, oh, I, uh, that was just an epic failure on my part. But, you know, like readjusting my drag and stuff. And, and I caught a few fish that way. It was good. I caught the biggest one that I had that day. It was uh, just 20-incher, like nice right. fat fish. Yeah. And, um, but I got outfished by live bait big time. So I finally just swallowed my pride and was like, well, I'm the shields guy and I'm getting out fished by everyone in the boat yeah. right now. Like, all right, let's just, 
you know, give them what they want. Right. Move, move to the minnow presentation. Right. And, um, and that was super effective because you would cast right past those rocks. You'd, you'd feel that tick, 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 tick. Yep. And then just they wanted a super slow presentation, basically just like leave it on the bottom. And, uh, and we did really well. So it was it, it was a ton of fun. I mean, the, there's a slot limit on that lake mm-hmm. where um, you can keep one over 17 and two under, and we had we had a tough time finding our underfish. It was yeah. just like super healthy fishery, but it was uh, it was really great to get back in the boat, do some yeah, fishing with my family sure. again, and uh, you know have some success on opener too. Yeah. But um, you know, moving into you know farther along the season now, then I'm gonna you know I am gonna I'm gonna throw that paddle tail back on. Right. You're not done gonna, with it. I'm not done. We just took a pause. Right. So um, you know I'm gonna be looking for weed lines right now, like the first emerging weeds, mm-hmm. and uh, and probably using some paddle tails. There is gonna be is gonna be my next step. But I'm super excited for when these temperatures warm up a little bit more, the fish get a little bit more active, and right. I can do some rip jigging. I know you earlier you mentioned when we started uh, there were some questions from um, your your audience on Shields Outdoors and a good follow up to that one. I know you you mentioned some of the rod and reels, but a good a budget rod and reel combo. We know that there's a lot of people that are maybe getting out fishing for the first time, maybe this year or they're you know trying to get a little bit more serious about it, but they're not quite sure what to what to get. I know we've talked about what's a good setup if you're looking for panfish or for bass or for walleye but if someone's coming in looking for that introductory rod and reel combo what would be your go-to for somebody looking for that um my immediate answer is going to be the the shields pro angler combo okay i absolutely love that one like i bought one of those before i even came to shields and like bang for your buck shields rods are awesome and like anybody that owns one is likely going to say the same thing and uh, you know the the pro angler comes with um you know like it's our it's our shields outfitter reel and Mm -hmm. rod and you know it's i think 70 bucks okay and for that price like a lot of a lot of nice reels are around like 100 bucks right and then like this reel is i think if you buy it without the combo it's 40 and i got a chance to to fish with it at university the newest one and i was like yeah, this feels like a hundred dollar reel in my hands. Yeah, and, that's a f- and they, I asked like, okay, which one is this? Is this like the guide or the pro mm-hmm. angler? And and it was and it was the pro angler version. And I was just like, wow, this is a great reel for the price. And uh, and I'll say that to everyone. And that combo is great with versatility too. You know, like you can you can do jigs, you can do cranks, you can do bass, you can do walleye, mm-hmm. you can do whatever with it. So it's yeah, I like that. Six six medium fast. Right, that's my jam. With that, just like you can you can catch. I mean, not panfish, but you know, like any decent sized fish, mm-hmm. you can you can take that. You can do a lot of different tactics. Obviously, there's technique specific rods, so you're right. going to get a better one. You know, like if you want to do a specific technique, but right all around versatility. That pro angler combo, money. That's the go to. Uh, along kind of along those same lines. I know when you when you're talking about setting up for for weed lines or those different tactics, whether you're it's medium fast or you're jigging or you're casting or trolling, for someone who's again just getting into it or for that early season and they're not quite sure, like how do I go about finding that weed line or that rock bed if they don't have all all the electronics or the knowledge of the lake, you know what's 
what's one good tactic that everybody can go out there on most days, depending on the fish, because they're not always going to bite, but something that, you know, is your go-to to be successful whenever you're out on the water? Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone has the best electronics or maybe even has electronics, right. but you know, everyone's got a set of eyes and some intuition. Yeah. So my recommendation there is to, is to start shallow and look for those weeds. And then basically, especially this works great in clear lakes. So if, if you got a clear lake, definitely do this. Um, just visually look and see where the weeds quit mm-hmm. and, um, and then start fishing those areas. You right. know, like sometimes the, you know, the weeds will, will be deep enough where you won't be able to see them. So it's right. like you make a cast okay, I hit weeds on that one. Let's, let's go out another 10 yards and see if I hit them and kind right. of fine tune that, that area. And, and, you know, you can fish above the weeds too and get, right. the, and get the ones that'll go up. But a lot of times I've found, you know, like right on the edge of that weed line either. Um, and another thing to bring up there too is like inside and outside weed lines. So like sometimes like you'll, you'll, especially if a lake is clear enough, you'll be able to see weeds um, start and right, end right uh, especially like that you know right after spawn mm-hmm. those fish might be sitting on the inside part of those weed lines and that's te- you know j- going to be shallower right going to be easier to see um you know key on those areas if you if you can you know hit them there mm-hmm. get after it if you don't maybe then push to that outside line right so but yeah i mean Look for the weeds. Yeah. That's, that's the best way to do it right now. Um, you know, another great way to do it is like, um, you know, utilizing Navionics maps or, or you right. know, something like that. You can buy that app for like 10 bucks and you can, you know, you don't need, uh, you don't need a electronics to at least see structure. Right. So then what you can do is you can, um, you know, you can look and see where you're at and then say, okay, I think this is where the point is and then start fishing mm-hmm. that. And if you're not precise, you know, do some casting, do, do like a, a jig and a minnow or a jig and a plastic where you can cover a little bit of ground right. and know like I'm in the general area, but I don't know exactly where it's at. And then you can end up casting, you know, like, and you'll know how deep it is. Cause it's right. like, okay, I'm hitting bottom right away. It's taking a while longer. Now it's taking a long time to mm-hmm. hit bottom. So that's, right. that's another great way to do it. So, so electronics, yeah, it's not going to sell a lot of our fishing electronics, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of rods and reels. Yeah. We're here for tips. We're here to help everybody. That's, right. that's our main goal. I know you mentioned it, uh, earlier, so I'll, I'll ask it in a little bit cause I think I know the answer, but since we're talking fishing, if, well, first I'll start summer or winter. I know you're a big ice guy. So if you could only do open water or ice, what would be your choice? Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, this is going to be a kind of a cop-out answer. <laughs> of course, both. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say ice fishing because hunting seasons aren't my there, hunting okay. seasons are not open in the winter. There you go. So then I don't have to have that decision of, like, choose. do I want to pick up my shotgun and hunt turkeys or do I want to pick up my rod and hunt and fish crappie? Right. So I feel like that's kind of cheating. But, um, you know, taking hunting out of the equation, mm-hmm. I think I'm still going to pick ice fishing. Okay. I do. I, I love it. It's, um, it's so fun, especially, like, and – Honestly, my favorite fishing story comes from ice fishing. Let's Actually, hear it. This this past year, so I uh, 
I went and picked myself up a, a Garmin Panoptics. Okay. So I'm going to say uh, thank you, stimulus check. There you go, right? you know, like I've been trying to save up forever, and it was like, oh, yeah, I got some extra money now. I'm yep. going to invest it in a Panoptics. <laughs> Treat yourself. So, yes. Um, you know, I picked up one of those, and they're absolute game changers. It's yeah. so fun just being able to, like, and I have a lot of fun crappie fishing, like, deep basin stuff, um, you know, finding structure like that. Suspended panfish with, with a panoptics or a live scope or, you know, a active target coming mm -hmm. out. A any of that stuff is, is game changing. So just being able to like drill one hole, scan around and look a hundred, 150 feet and be like, okay, there's a group, you know, like they're 90 feet away. I'm going to drill and I'm going to, get on right so, and you know like just learning how to do that is is a lot of fun and i've you know caught a lot of fish that yeah, way yeah. this winter it was it was super cool um and you you learn new tactics too because like yeah. before i had always used like a tungsten and a crappie minnow because mm -hmm. i figured that was like one of the best ways to catch them but now right. then it was like okay i'm on these schools now now i i need to drop down faster i need to i need to get down there right away so it's like okay i'm gonna start using plastics mm -hmm. so it's like okay you start figuring out the proper cadence for right. plastics and then you just become like Plastics are my new confidence bait with that. Right. So it was like, okay, you know, like I know I can catch them on live bait. I know I can catch them on plastics. It's like now I want to target the big fish in the schools. Like I want to use those ultralight ripping wraps now. So it's like, okay, I'm going to move and I'm going to figure out how to catch them on ultralight ripping wraps too. And like I've been, I, I'm not as comfortable with those as plastics, but right. I'm starting to get pretty dangerous with those yeah. too. And, and especially like trying to pick out the bigger fish in the schools. It's super fun. It goes from like, well, hopefully I catch a fish today to be, you know, I need to be selective in my harvest. It's right. just, it's wild. And then the, what I like best and which brings me to my, my favorite fishing story is, is bringing my daughter out. Because like, okay, I know I can get on fish now. Yeah. So now I can get my daughter on fish. So like I went out one day this, this winter and, you know, scanned a couple of basins, found them, started catching fish. And, you know, like I called the, I called the cabin and I was like, Hey, you need to, you need to bring me out here. Me as my five year old yeah, daughter. Right. And like, let's get her on some fish. Yeah. So I had, uh, you know, like I was still like going out and, and that school was stationary. So I was like, this is going to be great. She's got to get out here. She got out here and, and I, I switched my rod to, to a bobber mm -hmm. and, you know, like I was like, my job was adjust the bobber a yeah. foot above the fish and set it there. Just let her go. You know, it was, and every once in a while I'd give the line a little twitch yeah. and, um, Mia was a rock star that day. She caught a full limit herself. Like That's the first awesome. one, as soon as as soon as she got there, like I had the rod and the bobber set, and and I handed it to her, and I was like, Mia, set the hook, reel it in, and and she does she doesn't have the whole hook set thing yeah, down yet, right? But her reel and her excitement had the perfect hook set for yeah. this. So like she didn't it miss a fish. Out. She had a better hookup ratio than I did that. Showing day. you up. Yeah. Just just crushing. It was so cool. And just to see like her excitement and be able to provide that for your like your kid or a youngster like that. Right. That's that's literally my new favorite fishing method. That's awesome. Game. 
was super cool. And, and the best part of it too, is like when I was catching those fish, like I was throwing them all back. So right. when she got there, I did, I didn't have any fish on the ice and she went and she caught and you know, like we kept all the ones that, that she caught. Cause right. like she did not want to throw them back. Oh, and thankfully sure. they were all like good keeper food, like yeah. 10, 11 inch crappie anyways. And nice she'll, she'll tell everybody like, Hey, I outfished my daddy yeah. that day. I caught all the fish and my dad didn't catch any. And, and you just smile and nod and say, and that's yeah, right. Exactly. And I hope one day she listens to this podcast and is <laughs> like, you really did that. Huh? Yeah. It's like that's going to be the ultimate moment. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to save this one and she's, she's going to listen to it later. For sure. <laughs> uh, so you're going back to your answer, your cop out for ice fishing because it's not hunting. Why, if you have to choose between hunting and fishing, it's hunting, right? Yeah. I'm so, so why would you choose that over fishing? Oh man, for me, it's um, well, it's it's getting out and just really being in tune with the outdoors, and um, you know, especially like deer. Deer is my favorite thing. I mm-hmm. love turkeys too because like the interactions and the gobbling in your face and stuff. Right. Like, and being cooped up all winter, that's super cool. Yeah. But for me, deer is, and the, it's the challenge and the reward. Right. So, like, I was, I was big into, into whitetails. Mm-hmm. You know, like, my, my parents have some land, so I could do the, you know, the food plots and the strategy thing. And it basically turned into, uh, it turned into, like, this chess match. Right. You know, like, I, I'm planting food, I'm running cameras. I'm figuring out stand sites, putting all these pieces to the puzzle together, finding target bucks, and it's just like it kind of becomes an obsession. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's a full-on obsession. Like I'm thinking about it all the time. Right. So it's it's just that's that's really what what does it for me. And um, you know, I've I've really gotten into mule deer hunting mm-hmm. too. Because that's like it's deer, but it's a different type, different animal, different type of hunting. You know, like with that, it's it's spotting and stalking. You can kind of make your own luck. You know, right. like with with deer, generally speaking, you're you're waiting for them. Mm-hmm. Um, with the mule deer, you know, like you're finding them and you're going after them and you're reading terrain and you're coming up with a plan. And especially, I like to do it especially with bull. Right. Um, just, you know, closing that distance and figuring out how to do it. And, and like, basically, you know, their number one thing is survival. Like, to be able to go in and basically outsmart them in their, in their home turf is, yeah. is just super cool to me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to say hunting. You had a successful mule deer trip last fall, and I don't know that was high on your list of, hunts you wanted to do but if you when you're thinking hunting is there a bucket list hunt or you know something that you had in mind that's your your ultimate hunt that you want to try to make happen in the near future yeah so there's there's a billion hunts right how do you choose one i want to do but like all-time bucket list hunt i want to do i want to do red stag in new zealand that That looks like that's the coolest thing because i mean just you're in New Zealand. Right. So like How that, many people get that opportunity? That's super sweet. And red stag is just like, 
they're one of the coolest animals, coolest looking animals that For I sure. have ever seen. Just like the the points going everywhere yeah. and like the fact that you can only really hunt them in one spot. Mm-hmm. It's that's that's my number one bucket list is the red stag. That would be sure. quite a trip. Mm-hmm. What about um what's well, on the flip side fishing? Do you have a bucket list fishing destination or or species that you would like to try to reel in one day? You know, I've I've never done the the deep sea fishing thing. Okay. So I I definitely want to do that. Um, another one that's actually going to be coming off my bucket list this this summer is going to be salmon fishing on Lake Michigan. That's that so sounds like I, a great time. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about that. I've never caught a salmon before. I've never really yeah. done any of that style of fishing. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited to do that. Cross off the bucket list. Hopefully, I can get some good pictures. Maybe toss sure. on Shields outdoors. I can, I kind of know a guy that can yeah that can make posts. On yeah, I don't think that'll be a problem. <laughs> But um, how about you? What uh, um, what's one you'd like to do? I let's see. I think I think along those same lines, like a like a salmon trip, like in Alaska somewhere. I think that would be that would be amazing. I know another another bucket list for me would be like that deep sea, like the tuna fish. Something like that along the East Coast. I'm mm-hmm. personally, I'm not a hunter. I'm more of a, I'm more of a fisherman. Growing up in Minnesota, having that background, but I think those are two things that, to me, would would be amazing. But I think, I think that number one would be would be salmon. I think yep. that that would be a blast, especially yeah. when you when you think about a salmon. You know, I don't think some people realize how big the actual fish can be if you get. You know they're they're different than like the stream salmon. If you get them out in those bigger bodies of water, they can just be enormous. Yeah, for sure. That that Alaska came to my mind too. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, I have one coming up in June. So that that's the one I'm really that, excited about. That'll be about. fun. I'm I'm sure maybe there'll be some podcast or some kind of content from that trip that yeah, one can everyone help. can look forward to. So for sure. So we've covered a lot of great stuff, learned a lot about you, um, and we've learned that you'd rather have to hunt than fish. I shouldn't say have to, but rather get to hunt than fish if you have to choose one. So on that topic, your top hunting tip that you would give everybody out there and then your favorite hunting story from your experiences. Okay. Um, Top hunting tip. Uh, I'm going to, I'll put this one for, for whitetails. Okay. Um, my number one tip is entry and exit routes are much, much more critical than a lot of people think. Okay. Um, because, you know, like you're going into the bedding area, the transition area of an animal, like even putting up cameras, like if you're after a mature buck, like, and he knows you're there, Mm -hmm. you know, you stepped in his turf, like, the gig is up. You right. Know, like I've had, I've had plenty of target bucks where I want to, you know, like I want to go after that certain animal and you know, like he's, he's showing up through the season and you know, like I, I got pretty crafty with my trail camera stuff and I'm, I'm not putting them in areas that I plan on, you know, exactly sitting or right. And making sure that I'm kind of safe with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like I'll, I'll have my stand set up and you know, it's like, walking through the woods in areas where it's like if i have to push through a whole woods to get to the perfect spot right like 
almost every time, unless so like unless the rut happened is going on and like bucks are crazy and chasing whatever and they mm-hmm. fall into your lap because you're in perfect pinch point or or something like that. But yeah, just you got to have the mentality like you need to be a ninja out there, right. and and they can't be aware that you're coming in because like and I've noticed this plenty through through my own faults because I've been you know, I've failed on this more times than I would care to admit is like, you'll, you'll hunt a spot and you'll see less and you'll see less and you'll see less, but you've got those certain spots where like, okay, you can walk, you can walk a crick and get in absolutely silent and you only hunt it with the proper wind direction. Mm-hmm. And you know that you did not get busted or there's a good likelihood. Cause you can never know. Right. Cause you never I, know I always sure. think like, what saw me when, right. I, when I came in, but if you do everything you can to, have the best possible entry and exit route so you do not educate the animal, you're going to have better success. Right. So that's going to be my number one tip is put a huge emphasis on your entry and exit routes. And so entry, exit routes, great tip. And then your favorite story. Favorite story. Okay. I can't pick a favorite story, so I'm going to do two. Okay. So my first favorite story is with my daughter. So... It was it was turkey hunting last year, so we have we have a bunch of turkeys at my parents' place, and um, you know like I had taken out in North Dakota, and they call me like every day like oh turkeys came by turkeys came by, and I was like man do I really want to spend a hundred bucks on an estate tag? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's wor- it's worth it. So yes, but I want to take my daughter with, and I want her to experience right. this. So um, we went out, set up the blind in the spot where, like, we would see them all the time. We got the blind up. She's out here and, like, brought her teddy bear with and brought, a, you know, a phone just in case it gets a little slow. Yeah. Watch a little Netflix or whatever. But, um, you know, I started calling. A hand immediately flew down, mm-hmm. got, into the, got into the decoy spread. I'm like, hey, Mia, look at that. And she peeks her head up over the blind, and her eyes get like saucers. Yeah. It's like, Daddy, it's so cool. And then a deer goes by, and then all of a sudden this group of turkeys come, and I could see three nice toms. Like one of them goes full strut. I start calling a little bit at him, and he immediately, like, comes straight on a beat <laughs> to us. And I'm like, all right, this is going to happen. Yeah. And then, Okay, so so picture this. I've got my, well, she's four at the time then, my four-year-old daughter with her teddy bear um, just finished an Ava Shockey interview. We're going turkey hunting at Grandma's place. Yeah. And these turkeys are coming in. I'm trying to self-film. So I've got the kid, I've got my camera, and I've right. got my bow. I've got these turkeys coming in, and they, they get to, like, 100, and they're, like, gobbling like nuts. And Mia's like, did you hear that? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I heard that. Here try, we go. Try to multitask. Yeah, exactly. And I'm terrible at multitasking <laughs> to begin with. So here I, here I am trying to film this, and first turkey comes right into the decoys, and like I try to get him in frame and I start pulling back and he goes behind the blind and I'm like, wow, I failed that one. Yeah. That was not good. So, but okay, there's a couple more. Um, so this and the next one's come and they kind of skirt a little bit. They get to about that like 35 yard range and okay. they go and they're like filing through and the, the last two toms are the, are the last two in the group. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to make this happen, I'm going to have to shoot at that last one. So I get, you know, I get myself in frame and I pull back and I rushed it. And I just, I, I took feathers off the bottom yeah. and I was like, mm, 
that was not a good shot. Um, so, th- so then they go away, but like, then I go back to filming me and just, I was like, oh, daddy failed that hunt. She's yeah. like, it's okay. I still love you. And you made a good shot. And I'm like, I made a terrible shot, but you know, like but to as have long this as she's having fun yeah. and capture that and like to get her into the woods, loving yeah. it too. Like that's, that's great. That made that whole hunt. So right. like, didn't I didn't kill anything. I failed, made a terrible shot, but it's still my favorite hunt. Right. Yeah. So definitely a cool memory. Yep. And then the very last, um, my other favorite is, um, my first mule deer with the rifle that one that one was super cool because um you know i'd been applying for seven years and my wife had been applying for four and she drew a tag so then i got to go out yeah and i got to do a scouting trips right do all <laughs> with do my, all the work with my bow and figure it out yeah. and she shot a great muley like so she got a mule deer before me it was a big one it was the biggest deer in the house so then she would hassle me like yep. oh man it was terrible how much she <laughs> hassled me about that and just kind of eats at you yeah like, hey, i don't put any effort into this and i got the biggest one yeah. in the house so i'm like all right i drew my rifle tag and i was like my goal is i am not going to shoot a deer smaller than that yeah one. like that's my that's my point. Like anything right. bigger than that one, I'm going to shoot. Exactly. So um, we get out and I saw so many nice, nice bucks. And they were all like, oh, is that one what I want to shoot? Like, and I just went like, if I question it, right. I'm not going to shoot. So, and then it was getting towards like, I think it was day three. And I'm glassing to the side and you see this side hill. And I see a couple bucks come down, and then I see Rack come over silhouetted. I'm like, that's, that's him. That's, that's the, one. the one I want. Okay, so, like, let's get going. Let's range him. It's, like, I think it's, like, 450 uh, yards. Yeah. And I'm getting myself settled, and they go behind this brush. And I'm like, okay, now I need to readjust. Can I get closer? No, mm-hmm. I can't get closer. Okay, uh, all right, here, here he comes out. So, like, I'm, I, I see it come out. And I'm like slowly steadying my breath, getting ready to squeeze the trigger. And I'm like, God, it just doesn't feel right. So then I, you know, I take a closer look at him and it's, it is not that buck. It was one of the first ones that came okay. out. So I'm like, okay, got to hold off. Thank, thank goodness I didn't shoot that because then right. I would have brought home a buck that would have been smaller, smaller than my wife. Yep. Yep. She'd never let me hear the end. <laughs> um, so it's like, okay, I know where these deer are at. We're going to, we'll get on, on them in the morning, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So wake up in the morning to six inches of snow and a blizzard oh, and no. i'm like you gotta be kidding me yeah so it's like but i have my heart set on this buck so it's like all right it's it's snowed six inches they were there right at dark like he's got to be in that area yeah you know so like okay i'm just gonna go i'm gonna go old school style and i'm gonna try and find tracks and i'm gonna try yeah. and get really up close on them and i started going through these draws and I didn't see anything the first draw. Second draw, I uh, I came from the bottom, and I busted out a doe towards the top. And I mm-hmm. was like, man, I wouldn't if that would have been that buck, I wouldn't have got a shot. Yeah. So like then I started creeping up, just you know, like a third to half of the way through the draw, starting, and I busted out the buck on the bottom of the draw. Awesome. I was like. Oh man, that's terrible. So so I'm looking at I'm watching him and cuz it's you know 6 inches of fresh powder. Right, right. Like I can watch him for a long ways. Mm-hmm. And so I sit there 
thinking about what to do next because the wind is not very good because he basically went right so like if i'm going to track him the wind is you know the wind's going to be blowing right at him so i'm sitting there i grab a sandwich and i think about this and i'm like you know i think the wind is just good enough where i can if i can follow his tracks i can get to him i can be okay and um so i i drop down there and i find his tracks so it's like this is the buck i see hopping like i know it's him mm-hmm. it's snowing so i'm gonna follow him so i follow him like half of a mile i get down to this little spot where there's like no wind and i see the tracks go right and then they stop and they go back left okay and i'm like okay i think this buck's close right so by by that time i realize that i hear something pop up like 10 feet away from me and there he is so i'm like getting ready i still have my scope covers on i drop them off and he stops at about you know 150 yards okay so yeah maybe a little longer than that but you know so like i'm i shoot a bergara and it's it's a heavy gun so like it's meant to be shot over like a pack or a tripod or something Mm -hmm. so i'm like freehand got i didn't practice this a lot but uh, i can make this shot yeah so i shoot and i hit him i hit him back and i hit him low it's not the way i wanted to do it but you know it, it happens right so and it and it's still snowing hard so it's like i have to go after this right. deer, or, or it's going to cover everything up and i have no idea where this thing is at right so i get to track and again i'm i'm finding okay blood not great and that is, he was the toughest animal I have ever seen. I tracked him for another, like, two-thirds of a mile. And oh. I see him, he made a giant loop all the way back to basically where I found him. And I, I ranged him. He was at 403. He was quartering hard at me. So I'm like, I'm going to aim right for that shoulder and, and squeeze the trigger. And, and I was able to make it happen on that one. It all turned so, out good in yeah, the end. Yeah, it all turned out. So it was just like I, I'd never worked so hard for an animal, and to see that happen right. was super cool. Definitely a lot of work put into it, but yeah, but it cool makes to it see so the reward. Yeah, yeah, for 100%. sure. percent. So, all right, that's what I got. Well, thanks, well, thanks for having me. It was it was fun learning a little bit more and. Uh, talking about some hunting and fishing so thanks sir thanks for having me yeah absolutely hopefully i didn't ramble on a little too much hopefully people got some you know useful tidbits of information and uh yeah it was a blast it was kind of nice being able to you know be on the other side of the microphone share some of your stories for for a change so i know there's i've heard a lot more so yeah i'm sure there there could easily be a version two of this podcast yeah if you you see me on a daily basis and (laughs) you start talking hunting or fishing i I pretty much don't stop so (laughs) but yeah um you know everybody that listened to this podcast i just i just want to say thank you for uh for listening to my story hopefully you enjoyed this if you if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, you know, if, if you're on Facebook and Instagram, I'm the one that's signing Dash Mike in the comments. If you got anything for me, you know, just let me know. I'm here to respond. So, um, you know, thanks again and uh, see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. 
Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.